That's called an official start to a new episode of Sacred Spaces. Our, our starts are always so awkward. <laughs> we just stare at each other and go, okay, it's on. <laughs> Did Let's we go? talk. Are we recording? <laughs> yeah. No. You know, we've talked about that we should record our sound checks, but but maybe we really should just kind of let it run. This is as awkward as anything. <laughs> and then we'll just jump, jump into in. it whenever. And then we're kind of like, yeah. yeah. So... Well, it is part of the beauty of podcasting. You know, it's supposed to be like raw, you know, not yeah. not heavily scripted, not like a TV show or something. But uh, so we had, we had a fun weekend last week with the release of our um, guests. Um, At least the, 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 the episode, episode with our guests yes. with the the drunk ex pastors, yeah, yeah, Christian and Jason, yeah, yeah. It was fun. So um, thank you for anyone who jumped in and listened to us for yeah. the first time yeah we had a, a number of of their audience jump on and, and listen to that episode too that was fun yeah it was so yeah. had some conversations online with some people about some of the things and yeah that was kind of fun too so yeah but um as well as other conversations with our friend mark burns <laughs> 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 we, we got into a uh what would you say uh uh, oh, he just he a very just sarcastic to, conversation. <laughs> yeah, he 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 does post some stuff that um that is you know controversial at the least, but it's full of sarcasm, right? Well, I mean, sometimes he he just straight up posts some controversial stuff, right. intentionally, of course, and then uh, and then other times it's just stuff that's like way out there, ridiculous. But hilarious. Right. But hilarious. <laughs> and um, so one of those uh, happened yesterday. And, yeah. About um, women not being able to speak. speak it was like a Bible verse like or yeah. something. And um, <laughs> so we played into the sarcasm. But yeah. there was this whole string of like serious conversation about this verse. And I was There's like, our conversation happening <laughs> that was all about me being a patriarchal monster and, you know, Yes, filled with sarcasm. <laughs> go, go get to work in the kitchen, kind of stuff. And then there was like this real conversation. Well, I that didn't was see that part. <laughs> I didn't see that part at first. I'm just seeing this little thread that kind of came off of a gift that I put up there. And right. And um. And then I went back and I'm like, oh shit, some people are taking this seriously. Like they're having a real conversation. And then you basically went back and commented on their stuff. Hey. Stop it. <laughs> like this I said. This isn't worthy of real conversation, people. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> you spanked them. Yes. And then I followed up with, but I'm just a woman, so I'll shut the fuck <laughs> That's up. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good time. That was yeah. a good time. Yeah. What we, what we do in our spare time. Right, right, right. Well, we have fun. That's well, what we yeah, do. We have you know, fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good time. So one of the other things that happened, um, the drink, is that what you're going to talk about next? Yeah, I'm going there. Oh, good. Cause I want to taste it. I know. (laughs) So not our last episode, but the episode before that, we kind of threw it out there. Hey, if you have a recipe for us to try a drink to try that we haven't, you know, we haven't had on the air, then, um, send it our way. So we got one. Yeah. And, uh, so we're trying Something new for both of us today. Now, you really should have done some research here to find out, you know, who made the suggestion. Cause... I do know who Oh, made you do this. know? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Okay. Our friend, our friend Nate made this oh, suggestion. Oh, right on, right so, on. And now I'm all of a sudden, I'm actually looking it up because 
um, when you started making it today, I kept calling it one thing, and you now kept calling I'm it like an old fashioned or something. But that we I was pretty sure are doing the wrong drink now. I, so. I was pretty sure you said a black Manhattan. So yeah, well, I'm going back and um, I'm going to look at this and make sure that because if if it's not right. No, it is a black Manhattan. <laughs> he says recently toppled old fashioned for my fave. That's why you got it mixed That's up. That's why I got it mixed up. So I was like, oh crap, we went through all this because we actually didn't have the right stuff here at the house for it. Well, let's taste it and then we can talk about that fun <laughs> that event. Adventure. Okay. That so, so this is a beautiful drink, by it the is, way. Yeah. And we're having I think it it's in gorgeous. A, a martini glass. It um, is. So cheers to you. Cheers. There it is. And we're gonna taste it for the first time now. Mm, that is yum. Wow, mm. that is super yum. Yeah. That is super yum. Oh. It's it's not like okay, yesterday I was having an old fashioned. Yeah. Um with a friend that we had over. Yeah. And um and she was like, I Cuz I still say I make a really good old fashioned. Yeah, but you but she had had an old fashioned a long time ago and was like, I don't like those, but she ended up trying it. Yeah. And uh, we might have like convinced her that she doesn't dislike them, <laughs> but um, it, it's a an old fashioned is something you just sip slowly. You just kind of right. sit there with it, and uh, but this one, this one would go down faster than an old fashioned. It just it's not quite the sipper that an old fashioned is. Well, it's just a little sweeter. I yeah, think. so yeah. I think I'll have to be careful at the pace <laughs> I drink this one today. Well, one of the things is that uh, one of the liquors in here, Averna, um, is like a really sweet liquor, um, but it's a but it has a real bitter back end to it. I can I can and recognize so that. That's one of those things that like once you like you like you taste it. And it's one taste up front, and it's a and it develops into a totally different kind of um, bitter taste to it on the back end that just kind of sits in your mouth. So I'm curious as you're rubbing your microphone there, taking a picture. Um, yeah, that's going to be a really weird picture. But I was trying it was the way the light hits it actually at the right place. It's really pretty. It's it is, a pretty. It's drink. very pretty. Yeah, but um, oh, I was going. <laughs> You're all kinds of mess I'm, over there yeah, today. Well. <laughs> uh, I totally forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Something about being bitter. Oh, I was going to say oh. that I'm I'm kind of curious what, yeah, how, how that's hitting you because you typically don't like bitter, which I oh, love enough, bitter. There's enough sweet. There's a difference between this bitter and beer bitter. It's just a whole, it's oh, yeah. very different. That's why you don't like the IPA. It, I don't like hoppy. Yeah. I, that's what yeah. I don't like about beer. Got it, got it. So we uh, we had to make a trip to Total Wine yesterday because we needed this Averna liquor to make this Black Manhattan. Total and Wine does not sponsor us, by the way. <laughs> right. We can get there maybe someday. <laughs> um, but uh, they should. <laughs> well, and I know anyway, I'm jumping all over because yeah. I again I have a problem starting sentences and not finishing them. So I'm going to try to finish one mm -hmm. now. So. Uh, so we went to Total Wine to get some of this Averna and we, cause I was looking around and, you know, wasn't available just in normal liquor sections, you know, of the grocery store. Yeah. 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 And, uh, so, you know, we decided to go out there. We're like, well, while we're out there, you know, we needed a couple bottles of wine to, needed. We needed a couple of bottles of wine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, we were like, and I, 
yeah, I also needed some rye whiskey for this, and and we also needed this. We also needed pretty soon God. we had a cart full, and we're like, I think, I think this is going to be spending. I think we need to leave. Well, and I right did fucking have, now. <laughs> I did have a, a a jar of cherries for old fashions and for this drink. Yeah, and um, because you can't get them like that at the grocery yeah. store either. And um, as we were leaving, I'm like, we did have a grocery item in this cart. <laughs> we had a food item. <laughs> That's right. So but, good job. Um, good job. But on that. it was it was kind of funny because we're always looking for a good Syrah to add to our uh, Syrah is definitely wine. our yeah. favorite wine. wine. Yeah. And uh, so we're looking and we're like, well, why don't we try uh, like an Australian Shiraz? Yeah. Because um, of your friend Haley. But, yeah. Yeah. And um her favorite is Shiraz. So I was like, well, I'll try something, an Australian one. Yeah. And uh, so I'm picking up these bottles and going, well, this one looks interesting, but not really knowing how to pick these out, you yeah. know? And, um, but they're all screw caps. They're not corked. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I, this, no. You want it. Well, you specifically wanted the cork to keep it. Yes. You wanted to be like, yeah, we tried. There's you- something about buying wine with a screw cap. I don't, I, and I realized how snobbish I was about yes. my. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there wine was like bottle. a $50 bottle of Shiraz there, Australian Shiraz with, with a, a screw, screw top. top. And I'm like, <laughs> and you were what? like, Mm-mm. <laughs> yeah, well, first of all, you know, we're not going to spend 50 bucks on a bottle of wine. No. That's just not what we do. Um, but even no. so, here, especially not on one with a. Screw top. Cap. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah, this so. is showing how much we probably really don't understand wine and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, because they're probably better than the cork. <laughs> no, I don't know. No, I doubt it. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but it might, I, what I want to know now and what I haven't done, like Googled yet, I was going to say done the research on, but really Googled, Googled. Um, <laughs> is whether that's just what, how Shiraz has come, like Australian Shiraz. Yeah. If that's just how it comes, is what the screw. Like you they, call it they, Shiraz, and I would, I've been saying Shiraz. Yeah. Because we really don't know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we're, oh my God. Yeah. We're, we're imposter syndrome big time when yeah. it comes to wines and liquors. You know, like we, we like to pretend a good game. We know enough. To not know anything. No. <laughs> that went we know, nowhere. No, we know enough to get in trouble. Like, we can no. start talking and then we're like, oh, wait, I don't actually know how to say that. We know enough to make it something more than just getting drunk. Yeah. I like that. I like that there's a, there is a little bit of, you know, like we actually try to taste things and, oh, that second sip of that yeah. uh, Black Manhattan Hit, the bitters uh, hit you a little bit the more. The bitters hit me a little more. <laughs> I like the front end, don't like the back end. Kind of like yeah. the mullet. Um, this, yeah, this might have. This might a, be a mullet, a mullet Manhattan. <laughs> you can't, you can't do. This is a very sophisticated drink. Yeah, well, some people think mullets are too, and no, no one does. You are, I think you the are ones, wrong. I think the ones who have them think they're okay. No, 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 no. They're either a Seriously? joke or, well, we won't okay. have to go into so, what kind So we hunted of down a mullet yesterday. We and did. We, we, we actually pulled over and- You and went into a store I went into following a store a mullet following a mullet a to get a picture of it. I am the mullet hunter. Oh, it was in a Ooh, ponytail. That's a TV show. What? The mullet hunter. <laughs> the mullet hunter. No, I think we're going to um, put all our- 
our mullet tags together into a coffee table book. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but I we've think compiled the with the Addingtons. Yeah, yeah. I think the cover should be something very sophisticated, and like. I don't know, gold foil printed or something like that. Oh, so oh. that when you open it, it's so you know. You think business so? Business in the front, <laughs> party, party on the back. back. <laughs> Come on, right? Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. So, <laughs> well, you know the the mullet holds a special place in my heart. You know, because I spent many many years with one. So. Um, but mine was a, was a pretty classy mullet, you know, it was more of like a rocker mullet rather than a redneck I've mullet. I've seen the pictures. This is not the case. There's nothing oh, ever you, classy no, about stop. a mullet. <laughs> Never. So I had, I, I was a nice looking boy with my mullet. I didn't know you then. <laughs> Have you seen those awesome pictures? I've seen the pictures, but I didn't know you then. I might still not know you if I had known you then. <laughs> well, it was all the rage in Ontario, Oregon when I was. It was all the rage of the all age. over the place. Yes, it was, but uh, in particular, that was there. So yeah, no thanks. Yeah, me and my friend Jerry were rocking those. Yeah, same haircut. So anyway, um, that was fun. That was a fun little... <laughs> uh, Nate, I like this black Manhattan a lot. Yeah, yeah so thanks I'm, for that. I'm still a little undecided. I'll, I'll see by the time. Uh, maybe I'll drink enough of it that at the end I will enjoy it again. Oh, <laughs> it might take a couple of them for that to happen. Maybe, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. There's some cherries in there. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think, it's a, I think it's wonderful. And I think it's... Uh, ooh, I'm going to... I'm gonna, Go here now and pretend like I know more than I do. Okay, so okay. I'm going to say that there's some real complexity to this drink. Yeah, it definitely has layers that are kicking me in the booty on the end. <laughs> there's me talking about the complexity of this drink, and there's you talking about the drink kicking you in the booty. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're just doing just it fine. How You're, it is. You're keeping me grounded. You're keeping me <laughs> grounded. <laughs> so I don't get too full of myself. <laughs> oh, come on. We don't we don't try a new drink here and just go, oh, yeah, that was great, and move on. No, we, well, we have to talk about it. Well, we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's. I think this is going exactly as it should go. So, uh, I don't uh, like that bitter on that. Ah, it's just well, sticking with me. you know, me. you don't have to drink it. So. Oh, I will drink it. Anyway, so the score, Nate, is 1-0 on, <laughs> on the Black Manhattan. So, uh, which, you know, ain't bad in these parts. <laughs> so, because yeah. I, I tend to like a lot of things, and, and you're a little pickier on, on certain things. So, Yeah, we just like, well, we tossed around the idea of calling this podcast um, Bitter and Sour, because I liked the sours, you like the bitters. Right. Um. But Not because I'm bitter and you're sour. Well, we we wondered if the connotation would be that. So. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, so uh, we get to do something fun for a little while. Your mom's coming back to visit. She's She's been a guest on Sacred Spaces, even though only guest. from the corner and mm-hmm. told... Please do not ask me questions. I don't want to answer them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, she's coming back to town. So we're looking forward to seeing her. Yeah. She'll be here tonight. And uh, um, and we're going to uh, go spend some time in 
the R pod in oh, our yeah. driveway. Our to guest house her. is going to become our house for yeah. a while while we have company. Which I'm super excited about. We get to camp out in our own driveway. And since our daughters don't listen to this podcast, yeah. I can say that we are stashing goodies. Oh, in yeah. the R-Pod oh, yeah. that they are not going to have access to. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're doing we're we're doing it right. Yep. It's gonna be like our our like a little playhouse for us. Uh yeah, except one with a bar and a with a bar. coffee and <laughs> ding dongs. <laughs> right. Right. Did you say coffee? Yeah, we're gonna have coffee out there, right? Or oh, I guess it's easier to come in the house and grab coffee. Oh, I don't know. Do we I mean that no, would be no. interesting. No, let's not I mean, no, it takes up too much room to have it out there. And then you have to run the generator now. No, because no, we're, plug- we're plugged in. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I got to come in the house to get ready for work anyway. Yes, we so. do. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it'll be fun. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm just kind of yeah. hanging out and kind of a little, you know, not that we'll spend a ton of time in there because your mom's here. We'll want to see visit, her. Yeah. 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 So, but. Uh, no, we can just pretend we're camping. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Since our camping plans keep getting pushed out for. Yeah. Reasons that are unavoidable. So, yeah. but we'll, we'll get that. We'll get that. We'll get that schedule nailed down. So, but uh, yeah. Um, and it is finally starting to warm up. It's supposed to be like 70 degrees here today. So that's super awesome. I know. We sat out on the back porch yesterday, had drinks out on the porch. And yeah. I was like, wait a minute. I feel heat. Right. This is a very new experience. Yeah. So it felt good, really good. Yeah. So, um, and uh, you know, in all of that, you know, being able to be outside a little bit more and kind of just sit and you know, having some more engagement with friends and you know, talking about stuff. There's been, we've been having lots and lots of conversations mm-hmm. um, about a lot of different things because there's just like so many different things yeah. that are going on in the world right now. Well, yesterday you and I were talking, you know, what do we want to talk about today? Yeah. And um, and we kind of have this like idealist that we keep going so we right. don't forget the things that we, hey, we could talk about this. And um, I have to be honest, I'm a, I'm a bit like paralyzed right now with um, so many different things. So many different things and yet some of the same things that we talked about um, yeah. this time last year um, that I'd hoped we would never need or want to, to talk about again. Yeah. And um, and this week was just full of some really, I think, devastating uh, yeah. news, um, violence, you know, different things in, in the media. And I'm, I'm a bit paralyzed as what can I do anymore? Yeah. And um, how can I have a conversation about this, uh, about these things going on? And um, I'm just, I guess, I, I guess I'm just angry. The things that happened this last week shouldn't have happened. Yeah. So um, when we talked about what are we going to talk about? Uh, yeah, but I think I didn't want to really go to this really dark um, place, but... Um, but I'm getting really some real. There's some real dark out stuff, there though yeah. right now. I mean, you know, there's the the Derek Chauvin trial that's going on right mm-hmm. now, and and you know, over the the what I can't understand can be interpreted as anything other than the murder of George Floyd. Right. Um, 
you know, you've got, you know, another, you know, the police body cam footage that came out of the killing of the, you know, police shooting and killing of the 10 year old boy. And, and, you know, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to that story. And yes, which I um, read more to it since our conversation yesterday okay. that kind of undid some, it was new information and did some okay. of the stuff that you had said yesterday. Um, yeah, not surprising how, mm-hmm. I mean, there's always new information that yeah. comes up. There's always narrative, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. um, and then, uh, um, I mean, a couple, at least a, a couple, two, or maybe three different mass shootings that happened, Yeah, you know, last week. Um, one of them was um, at a the FedEx facility, and a uh, guy just walked in and started shooting the place up and then shot himself. Um, I think like 10 people died, which made it the... Um, the the mo- the deadliest mass shooting of the year. <laughs> um, in March. No, we're April then, now. Yeah, and then again, they, they showed, you know, the statistics of how many mass shootings there's been this year. They consider a mass shooting, you know, I can't remember exactly what it was, but over a couple of, uh, you know, a certain number of people that are shot, mm-hmm. um, not including the, the uh, um, you know, the, the actual killer who's there. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just, it's, it's so, it's so crazy to me that we're, that we keep having the same conversations over and over about this stuff. Right. Um, And I, you know, I, I, I think about, um, I was just thinking about this morning, actually, there's this uh, Australian comedian, um, and I totally think about him, and I totally just blanked on him right now. I'll remember him again in a second. Um, but uh, he did this whole thing on Americans and and gun rights, mm-hmm. and so you remember me showing you that on a road yeah. trip we were doing one time. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he's <laughs> he the way that he put. Of course, he's a comedian, you mm-hmm. know, which. I think comedians are powerful communicators. Uh, yeah. Um, th- I think they're are. incredibly smart. Yeah. Humans. I think this was actually, it, it was very funny, very disturbing, very uncomfortable. And I think very poignant too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, basically talking about how, um, you know, the, in, in New Zealand, they had, you know, a mass shooting there. And so, you know, somebody in the, in the government got up and they're like, hey, there was mass shooting that happened. We don't want that to happen again. So we're going to take away these, you know, you know, fully automatic rifles and say that, uh, that those aren't legal anymore, you know, because we don't want this to happen anymore. And his, his whole shtick on this was everybody in New Zealand was like, sounds good to me. You know, yeah, we don't, we don't want, want mass shootings either. either. And so they don't have mass shootings there anymore. In America, you have multiple mass shootings and somebody stands up and says, you know, maybe we should take a little bit more consideration of who actually can buy these guns. And Americans jump up and down all over the place. Fuck you. You're not taking our guns. You know? It's like, no, I'm going to go and buy more guns. Yeah. And it's like, I, there is this, this, this disconnect 
between um I, I I don't know how else to say it other than just like put my finger right on it. A disconnect with reality itself. Mm-hmm. Um where this this narrative that keeps getting, you know, put out there um within, you know, particularly the, you know, the right-wing conservatives that uh you have to protect your rights or else someone will come and steal your rights. There is an there is an enemy who wants to take your rights from you. And what rights are they particularly uh, interested in? Well, they they want to take your right to own a gun. And if and if they take your guns, you won't be able to protect yourself. And everybody goes, yeah, we have to protect our right to to keep our guns then so that we can protect ourselves. And then you, you look at all that and you like, you play it out and you say, okay, well, well, time out for a second. Who are you looking to protect yourself from? Well, we're looking to protect ourselves from the government. You know, if the government tries to act against us, that, that we can protect ourselves from that. The right to um, militia as well as the yeah, right to guns. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, well, what, threat is there from the government then well it's a it's a threat that could come you know um okay well who else is there well there's you know anybody anybody breaks into my home or tries to you know steal my property i can protect myself against them okay well give me some kind of idea of how often (laughs) that happens where somebody actually has to protect their property with a gun Right. And tell me why you need a fully automatic rifle to do that as opposed to a shotgun or something. Right. So, and, and the pushback on that, then that all of a sudden the story changes. Well, not the story changes, but the conversation changes to you're with them. You, you want to take our guns away from us too. And you're like, no, no, no I, I'm just asking some questions. I, I just want to be able to like to insert some, you know, some critical question asking into this, like say, okay, well, maybe we just challenge the narrative, or maybe we just, you know, uh, question the narrative a little bit and find out if the, the maybe there's another way or maybe, because we obviously have a problem in this country. I mean, again, multiple mass shootings, multiple mass shootings. And we're not talking about multiple means, you know, three or four. We're talking about like, there are literally hundreds of mass shootings that happen every year in this country. Um, And that's a problem. So what conversations can we have to put an end to this problem? Because you can't just keep saying, well, it's the crazy people. So, you know, we need to make sure the crazy people don't go crazy and kill everybody. And it's like, that's not an answer. It's not stopping things. It's not making a dent. In fact, the the problem is getting worse. It's not getting better, but you can't even have the conversation because the narratives run so deep. I saw something come through on a friend's social media profile this morning. Um, it was about, uh, we know this Johnson & Johnson vaccine has some controversy around it right now, and they've... 
Some questions around it. Some yeah. questions, yeah. yeah, with some uh, reactions. And a uh, couple of reactions that have happened. Right. Yeah. Literally, like, what? Less? I think it was 12. 12. 12 out of. You know, anyway, million doses or they, so, uh, more. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, this picture was a picture of a um, a graph or like of the United States with all of these um, cities pointed out of um, shootings, mass police shootings, different things that were listed out there. Yeah. And it just said, and this was just for uh, 2021, and it said, and you're scared of Johnson and Johnson. Like we have this disconnect that we are afraid of vaccines, but right. we're not afraid of something else. Like it's, I think you're right that there is this whole um, perceived threat that people choose to um, to engage the fear um, that they want to, and I think sometimes that serves them to their personal rights. So I'm afraid of the vaccine because. Um, or I, I'm against the vaccine because I'm afraid of this. I'm against um, uh, gun bans because I'm afraid of this. And um, ultimately, I think we have to go back and figure out what that fear is actually based in and what it's about. Um, part of the rethinking um, how you've been thinking about this, am I holding on to a perceived right um, or even a perceived fear? Because it's what I know, right. um, rather than because I've actually done the work to think it out. Um, you know, I we were having a conversation yesterday because both of us were raised in homes that had guns. Um, our families went hunting. Um, my dad had uh, weapons that were not for hunting as well, but he didn't have any automatic or assault um, weapons. But um, handguns, you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. And um, we were we were taught a, a, a level of safety, and um, I use the word etiquette because I think there is an etiquette to understanding how you handle something of such perceived power uh, or such real power. Um, but but we we talked about a conversation that both of us have had with my dad about um, you know guns being used as a way to protect ourselves. Um, and we had both heard from him, um, if you're going to use a gun, um, expect to kill. Use it with the intent to kill. And initially, that is a very frightening statement. And But the way that I understood it growing up was, and I'm not advocating for any side of this, it's just the, the power and the respect that sits behind it, but... Um, that if I'm actually going to consider using this weapon and pulling that trigger, there is one use for this weapon. Um, and you should, you should think hard, hard about if you are ready, ready to take a life. Right. If you're le- ready to live with right. taking the life of someone else. And that, that brought for me a tremendous amount of respect for, the power that I held in my hand when we would go out target shooting or whatever, that, um, that this is not something that I take lightly, but that if I am going to use this in something other than shooting, you know, Coke cans, then, um, I, I am using it with the intent to kill someone and I have to wrestle with that. Right. And, um, and I think that, 
Um, I ultimately stepped back from that in life, knowing how to use uh, weapons uh, with killing power <laughs> and, uh, and choosing not to. Um, because uh, I personally could never have lived with the idea of actually taking life from somebody else. Yeah. Um, there's a lot, uh, I think, that when we are raised or with the thinking, a worldview that not just raised, it doesn't always come from somebody else. Sometimes it's our own perceived thing. But um, when we come to this conclusion that there is only one way out of defending your personal property and defending yourself, and that is with the use of a weapon, then we have a very limited imagination as to what it is that's available to us to problem solve. Um, you know, the, we, I lived in a really, really bad neighborhood growing up. And the threat, we had bullet holes in our house um, because our house had been shot at while we lived there. So there was a true perceived threat that we could be in danger from gun violence. And yet in that, um, there was this real understanding that I don't want to ever get to that position where I'm going to take another life. Why don't we move? Why don't we? There were these other options on the table. Um, for my dad, he chose to stay put. He chose to stay in that home. And, um, and as, as a family, we wanted to leave. We didn't want to live there anymore. Yeah. Um, so there's a, there's a choice in how we choose to move forward in our problem-solving options. Um, for him... Maybe the ultimate option was to, uh, his guns protected him. Um, for me, there was another option. It was not living in that house. Right. It was choosing to live somewhere else. Um, changing the surrounding. I, I don't know. I, 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 sometimes I wonder if we just get so paralyzed with the, the fear of one big thing that we don't look at what the options actually are, um, I know I'm getting off on kind of these tangents. I, I don't know that it's a tangent. I think it's it's all part of the narrative um, that that there are um, there are 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 real and perceived threats that exist out there. I think the reality that we see statistically is that the perceived threats are vast outweigh the real actual threats mm -hmm. um you know living in in the neighborhood that you did um there you know the you know bullet holes in your house um was pretty dang close to the to the action right mm -hmm. right um and yet you would still have friends come hang out all the time. Well, um, you did. Yeah, yeah you we, talked about people we, coming and yeah, hanging out at your house did, and, and that they, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah it, there I'm was not some limitations there. Okay, yeah. I'm trying to make a, a point okay. with all this, okay? okay? But th they still did. I mean, yeah. you've, you've got photos of your friends yeah. hanging out at your house. And, yeah. Um, you know, I used to come hang out at your house all the time when we mm -hmm. were dating. There was a little bit more of a draw for me, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I remember one time when I felt very threatened, you know, where we mm -hmm. all felt very threatened 
by a group of people who pulled up in front of your house. And yeah. Yeah. And were, I think, intent on, you know, not intent. They were totally willing to cause harm. Should we provoke them in the right way? Right. You know? Um, And there was some of that. So there's, I mean, there's real threat that that exists like that. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the only time I've experienced that in 45 years. You know, there was was one time I experienced it at your house, you know? Um, Your house wasn't shot often. It was shot one time, you know? Um, I'm, and I'm not saying that that's not bad enough in and of itself, but I'm, I'm just saying again, that there's this, what happens is you, you have a, you experience a threat like that, or you hear of a threat like that. And the perceived threat magnifies times a thousand, you know, Mm -hmm. I have no research for that. I just pulled that number out of my ass. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The point is, and I think that, you know, I hope you can understand, I think other people will understand, is that narratives get built on perceived threats, sometimes manufactured threats, which is a whole different kind of thing that we could talk about too, um, far more than they get, than narratives get built around actual threats. Um, now, there are places in the country where threats are far more actual than there are in other places. That's part of it for me. When I say that's the only time I've experienced that in 45 years, well, it's partly because of, you know, where I grew up and the kind of small towns and that sort of thing that I grew up in, you know, it was, it was in the big city of Phoenix that I experienced the threat that one time, you know, um, you experienced, you know, threat, a few more times, you know. Um, you're, I, I'm, I have having, a like, I'm having a reaction because yeah. you're seeing it visually, but I'm having a reaction because um, the threat was often. The threat was weekly in my neighborhood. And when I when we first lived there, I think I was second grade, and um, uh, things were fairly safe as I got close to junior high and high school. Um, we became a boundary between two rival gangs, um, our, our street did. And we had drug raids on our street. We had, um, uh, violence on a regular basis on our street. We had police helicopters searching our neighborhood, um, weekly. It was pretty much a Friday, Saturday thing that the, the helicopters were over the top of our house, um, looking for people in our backyard. Like this, this was normal life for me. And yes, we had people, you know, friends that would come over, but we did get to a point by the time we were in high school, as things started to escalate in the neighborhood, um, where my friends in youth group uh, did not want to hang out at our house anymore. And it did stop. Um, We had a few people who had been part of our um, social circle as a family that continued to come, but we really didn't have... Um, over time, we didn't really have people that would come over anymore, at least after dark. Um, and it got to, uh, got to a point where, um, as normal as it became for us living in that neighborhood, it also became normal for me to, uh, make sure my eyes were on the ground when I walked past people, 
um, constantly surveying every area that I was in. Like there was this this thing that happens to you when you live in uh, threat all the time. Um, we had lived there so long that we didn't even know it, but some of the neighbors who were in these gangs were protecting those of us who had lived there all along, um, people we had grown up in grade school with. So there was this sort of this weird thing happening around us that sometimes we were aware of and sometimes we weren't. But I guess my point in that, living under that kind of threat as a way of life, I still, I knew where all the guns were in our house and I still never used them. No one in my family used them against another human being. And we lived in that um, on, on a regular basis. I just think there's, I think there's options. Um, I'm not somebody who just has this uh, TV pers- perceptive of what it's like to live in gang communities. I lived in the gang community. And, and there were other options. There were ways out. Um, okay, I, we so. weren't, we weren't actually in a gang. We were, like I said, we were in the in-between. So maybe that's the fortunate part for us. But, um, but I did know that when we heard something or something was going on in our neighborhood, I knew exactly where every handgun was, that if I needed it, it was there. But I also knew what price that came with. I knew what was on the other side of pulling that trigger. And that was not something I wanted to live with. I came to a point in my life where I, it, was a, it was a personal crossroad, and I know not everybody can do this, but for me, the crossroad was, am I willing to die because I don't have a handgun to protect myself? Or am I willing to live having taken someone else's life. I couldn't live knowing I took someone else's life, even if they were a really, 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 really bad person. I knew me personally could not live with that. So there wasn't any point for me to have a handgun as my backup plan to protecting my possessions or myself. Um, That's a personal choice. Not everybody's going to agree with me. I understand that. But the trade-off is that although I know I have a right to this in living in America, um, I respect the right enough that I don't want to be part of bringing more violence. I don't want violence to be the solution to solving problems. And I could go on a much bigger conversation with that when we talk about war and like the whole global setting of violence. And I know that gets really touchy when we start talking about our military and our troops and, and what we believe about, you know, being American and sending people to defend our country. I, I mean, you have to take a really hard look at what is it that I am defending? What is the threat that I'm afraid of? What is that worst case scenario that I am trying to avoid? And is this the option to do that? Um, and if it's the only option, I guess I guess for me, I'll die trying something else. I just can't live with it. 
Okay, so, I mean, what do you say about gun control in general then? Because most people out there that are fighting for their right to have mm-hmm. their gun don't share your same sentiment. No, I know they don't. A lot of them are related to me. So I, I totally, I, I, I do understand the conversation. Um, call me a pacifist. I just, it is, violence is not something that I am going to use to solve a situation. I just can't. Um, I believe in human value too much to use that as the solution to the problem. Um, and if it's my life that's at risk because I choose not to walk down the road of violence, then that's, that's what it is. Um, I'm, I'm okay with that. Now, understanding that we have this right to, um, to guns, I, I just keep coming back to the question, what do you intend to use it for? You know, if you, if you, do you think your life is of more value than the person you're pointing the gun at? Because if you do, then that's a whole nother issue that has nothing to do with guns. You own a gun so to kill something. I, I feel like, um, I did not intend to talk about this today. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's a good conversation. Um, it's a conversation that we obviously haven't had before like this. Um, I'm wanting this to be a conversation about the issue, the issue of what people out there are are doing with their guns and should, you know, should access to that be changed in the country, right? Um, And then speaking to those who think that they should have the right to own whatever guns they want to and saying we should have conversations that that Im, that take into consideration, you know, some you know critical questioning and and pushing back towards some of the reasons why you you fight so hard to hold on to this right. I think we you can. went into a very personal right anecdote. I understand that of of why of the kind of world that you lived up or that you lived in. And then ended with, not ended, but kind of, you know, wrapped it with, but even in the midst of that, you still make a personal choice. So I, you know, and again, maybe, maybe I should drop the conversation that I wanted to have about this being, I mean, taking away from the personal aspect and putting it more on the national aspect of things. Um, and you can tell me if that needs to be the case, if, you know, if we should talk about it far more personally. Um, but I, I I, I'm just saying have... that I don't, I, how does the, how does the anecdote that you shared, how does, because it sounds like you're making a point. I know you're not, but it sounds like you're making a point for why people should have guns to protect themselves. And just because. What? Why am I making a point? No, 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 no. Like I said, I know that you're not. But what I'm saying is that when you tell a story like that and you say that I knew where every gun was in the house and yeah. and we were under threat all the time and all this kind of stuff and you you choose today not to have them and, and that sort of thing, you're still kind of making it for a lot of people out there. They would say, yeah, that's a great point for why we should have guns in our house. I guess my point in that is that 
it was a solution that my dad had to the to the to the fear and the problem that we lived in. That was his solution. We were asking for the other solution. Let's move. Let's get out of this so that we are never in a position as a teenager to have to go down the hallway, open up the closet, pull the towels apart and pull the handgun out. Okay, but but not everybody not everybody has that privilege. Not I everybody understand has. That. I mean, and, I understand and that. I know, so because you and why... I have talked about this a lot, where you know you, you felt like you guys should have left. Right. Let, let me put it this way. It's ju- it, it it's so much like other issues. We've had this discussion that um, I personally don't believe that the um, the issue, quote unquote, of abortion, whichever side you're on, on that, is resolved in legislation. Because abortion, the issue of abortion is the, is the fruit that hangs off the tree. Uh, gun rights is the fruit that hangs off the tree. The problem... It's not the root. It's not, it's the, not yeah, the root. There's a different it, root. There's a different root. And so if we keep looking at things as... Um, as legislated rather than core issues within our culture. And we have a really bad core issue of my right, of mine, 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 that I am of more value than the person standing next to me. That is the root cause. Or that my stuff is of more value well, than the person it, next because to me. If I'm of more value than, than my stuff is of more value than, than a, a person's life, right? So it, it, it comes back to um, that I see my personal being as having more value than another human being's value. If I saw them as having equal value to me, despite what behavior that they are showing, we're just talking about they're breathing, I'm breathing, we're both alive. If someone dies here, a life no longer exists. That's equal value. But we don't live that way. We're seeing it in these cop shootings. We're seeing it in mass shootings. We're seeing it in decisions about everything in this COVID pandemic. This is, this is a systemic problem that moves through every big issue that we have going on politically. We're not going to solve these issues in legislation because we have a deep, deep um, disrespect Mm. issue. I'm not saying they can't be solved. I should undo that. I'm not going to say they can't be solved in legislation, but all you're going to be doing is putting rules out there. We're not actually dealing with this, this cultural issue of disrespect for human life. And... Okay, but where do you even begin that? Where do you even begin, like, I mean, at some point in time, it's like, you know, and again, ugh, Jesus. Well, start, okay, gonna, right I'm gonna, there. I'm going to sound like I'm, I'm siding with the conservatives on abortion rights issues, you know, stepping into that. I'm really not. Um, but at, at some point in time, I mean, there does have to be you know, laws in place to to guide the public into I don't acceptable think it's and unacceptable kinds of behaviors. And I and so I, I don't think it's laws. I think it's I, I think it's can new I finish systems. what I'm saying though? <laughs> that I'm 
when we talk about the laws that are around gun rights right now, the laws that allow people to own basically whatever fucking kind of guns they want to. Right. I think there is something there to say, you know what? We're going to scale this back. Yeah. For I don't one, disagree with the, you the on that. The constitution, you know, the rights that were given to us to bear arms in the, in, in the constitution and well-regulated militias, those, those are bullshit today because Again, they were dealing with muskets for fuck's sake. I mean, it's like they weren't dealing with, you know, multi-round clips and automatic or even semi-automatic rifles. And, to you know, the, the right to establish a well-armed militia or to form a well-armed militia, again, for fuck's sake. Do you think we're, you know, if the government did decide to rise up against the people that uh, we'd be able to compete with drones and, you know, laser guided missiles. And, you know, I mean, it's like with our, you know, our closets full of AK 47s. I mean, it's just like the whole thing is so fucking is, ridiculous to so, me. It is so ludicrous. And, and I'm not disagreeing that I, I mean, if my personal belief right here is that, um, that an automatic weapon like an AR 15. There, there is no human reason why we need one of those. We are talking about um, catastrophic, ca catastrophic uh, life loss with a weapon like that, and um, the fact that that anyone should have that. I don't know. I I just need really good rationale why why you need that. Like defend that. Um, I'm not saying that there shouldn't be limits because I actually do believe that there should be limits, legislated limits. But I also think that we keep asking these questions. Why mass shootings? Why cop killings or uh, cop cops who kill? Um, I want to make sure I wasn't saying it the other way. Why, why do we have these things that are continually going on? You're speaking to a much larger issue. I'm speaking to a much larger issue. Um, and that is that, that we, it, our, our police officers are now militarily policing rather than being peace officers. So if we aren't bringing in the mental health workers and the other systems that support the needs of the community in a more appropriate way, and we're sending people out who have limited um, training training that involves violence, not de-escalation, and we're putting that in there, then, then, we, then we incite uh, an arena of fear. Um, so you, you talk in, in business, and you talk about this with me all the time to try to, try to get my headspace into a space that I can actually, a realm that I can actually uh, affect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and. And, and this is from your friend Carly, who shared this idea with you. But you've got, you know, the wedding cake idea out here, you know, mm -hmm. that you want the beautiful, gorgeous wedding cake. And that's really what you want to, you know, uh, build product, a business yeah. to, to be this. But you got to start out making cake pops, you know. Right, <laughs> and, right. And so I, I would bring that same kind of thinking mm -hmm. to this. So you got to start with something more tangible that's mm -hmm. more mass market um, and grow into the, the larger, grander kind of scale. Uh, what are your, what's your cake pop idea then for uh, around this, this issue? And let's just say 
it's just this issue. Just. It's this, let's just say it's this issue of guns taking lives, whether it's in a, in a mass shooting con context or whether it's in a police shooting context or, or what, I mean, mm -hmm. guns that end life. Um, what's your cake pop then? Or, or are you, do you have a, any sense of hopelessness and like, you don't, you don't know what to do with it? You don't know where to begin. Uh, it's, I think it's there's a little bit of both. That's why I said I was a little overwhelmed this week by hearing all this. I'm just like, we're having these yeah. conversations. Why why aren't we seeing something change? Um, I'm, I am a bit, uh, I think we are a bit polarized that if you say defund police, um, you're suddenly against your neighbor who's a police officer. I'm not saying that. Um, I don't believe in violence. I don't believe in war. Um I do have respect for those who are enlisted in the service, um, but doesn't mean that I agree with the agenda of the military. You go and sign up for a military, you sign up to be trained to kill people. That, I mean, black and white, right? Um, you can call it defending our country. You can call it a lot of different things. Um, but the risk in being a world power is that we have, we have threat against our country. Um, so these things don't happen um, individually. So when you say talk about um, talk about what the the cake pop is to gun violence, that you have to go back to. And I think this is actually, <laughs> I think this is actually what Jesus did. He said, "You say this, but I say this. I say, why don't you think about this differently? Why don't you think about um, equality?" Why don't you think about loving your neighbor as yourself? We have a core moral problem, and it isn't the things that the Christ evangelical Christianity says our moral issues are. It's not about whether boys wear dresses or not. Right, right, right. But it's, you cannot talk about any one of these issues without talking about all of them. They are all connected. We don't have police officers killing 10-year-old kids that have their hands in the air in a vacuum. It is a much bigger issue. And so, yes, it is overwhelming. For me, the cake pop is that I'm not going to stop talking about this. The cake pop is that I'm going to work my ass off to love my neighbor as myself, to value human life, to hear stories of other people who live a life different than mine, that see the world very differently than me. Even if I initially think that I'm absolutely going to disagree with them, I really want to know how they got there. I really want to understand the thinking between be, behind how you got to being okay with this belief. Um, not so that I can convince you otherwise, but so that I can understand you. Because if I just make some rash judgment about you, whether it's by color of skin, sexual orientation, um, guns in your homes or not, mask or not, um, Mask holes with your nose out and t pulling your mask down to talk to somebody. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? Like, it, it, we have such a deep, deep issue of disrespect to another human life. You and I were in uh, getting a burrito yesterday for lunch, and we were standing in this line. It was all controlled social it's, distance. It's immediately where my mind went when you said yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, and there were all these women in there. I'm sure they came out of, they were all in athletic clothes. I think they came out of that um, pure bar place or whatever. Um, 
that's a total judgment right there. I know that. Um, <laughs> if Pure Bar wants to sponsor us, we do not believe they came out of Pure Bar. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> anyway, it was just like they were probably – part of the reason I bring that up is they were probably in the studio with their masks off doing this workout. Sure. And there's this disconnect coming into a new environment sure. where sure. now we have to wear them again, right? right. But – so that's that's my give to them. Yes, yes. Um, I understand. But – we're standing behind this plexiglass that has food on the other side and, and people trying to ask for our orders and what we want. And every time they talked, they pulled their fucking mask down <laughs> to talk. And I'm like, you keep it up when your mouth is shut and you pull it down when your mouth is open. We are so disconnected. So disconnected from valuing other people equally to ourselves. Right. So that, to me, is the root issue. That is the cake pop, but it's also the wedding cake. This is where that analogy doesn't quite work because the very small thing of saying, I'm going to respect my neighbor, I'm going to love them is as the I... Is the solution to the whole is, fucking is thing. Is the solution to the whole thing. It is the wedding cake. So I don't, I don't know other than we have to keep having these conversations. We have to keep facing it. We have to keep seeing it in our own lives, seeing where... We made the wrong decision. See where we made the right decision and keep doing that right decision. Like it, it's it's a personal responsibility, but we have to do it on a collective level or people will keep dying of so, COVID or of gun violence. So it's same difference. Is it enough to say that um, I need to, the solution is for me to start being more respectful of others. Is that enough? I think like you and I have experienced in this last year. And when we set out to say, I want to love my neighbor as myself, that I want to respect human life of any kind. We have, we think it's this, it's this little tiny thing and it ends up growing and growing because we see more. You can't, unsee what you've seen. So you start to see more and you see more and you see more. God, that, that whole thing about the mustard seed is just suddenly coming to my mm -hmm. brain, like this understanding that has how small and how seemingly insignificant this mm -hmm. little piece is, and yet it changes the whole thing. I think that we have to commit personally to ourselves to keep rethinking to keep evaluating our worldview, or we will just walk down the next road and we will wonder, just like we are right now, how the hell did we get here? It's we, at the very least the starting point for everyone. At the very, at the least. very least. It's at the very least, but it's also the solution. Those two, the husband and wife in that house that, um, I, I'm really bad with names, but it was back, I think it was in the spring last year, and they didn't want people walking the street past their house. There was a, um, uh, a, a Black Lives Matter, I think. Um, I think protest. I know what you're talking about. It was a little bit more complicated than that. I, I mean, understand. They actually that. broke down a gate to get into their gated community and that sort of thing. Yeah, but so, I'm just saying, what? Yeah. Why is it that our first reaction is to pull our guns out and stand in the yard and wave them rather than walk out to the people and say, "Why are you here?" What am I not hearing from you? Yeah. 
What do you need me to know to make this difference so that you don't feel like you have to break down that gate and walk through these streets? Right. Why aren't we doing that? I mean, there are people who are doing that. I, I get that. But I'm afraid that the voices that are paying the price for this, those who are dying at the hands of cops, those who are dying at the hands of um, mass shootings, those who are dying at the hands of racism. How many more voices is it going to take? Yeah. For us to say, God, the least I could do is rethink my worldview a little bit. Is to say, am I actually loving my, my neighbor? So if I'm going to buy an AR-15, is that loving my neighbor? Is that actually equal? creating equality between me and you so i i don't know nobody's going to listen to us again after this <laughs> i disagree i th- i think this was a really good co- this is a really good conversation for me i mean that's that's what we set out to do in this um i uh i heard something from you that i haven't heard before um and it was it was good for me to hear that what did you hear? Um, I, for one, your um, I'm a pacifist. No, your passion hmm. uh, came through. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for two, I, 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 I mean, you've talked a bit about your growing up, but you haven't talked about it like that before. Um, and I. I'll be honest with you. My immediate gut reaction was to dismiss all of that and to be like, because you kind of hurt my point a little bit. And, um, (laughs) and I have to go back and rethink some things now. (laughs) Hmm. Imagine. (laughs) I'm not saying Um, I don't need to rethink things, but I just I'm saying that was a good thing. I'm saying it was it was good that I heard something different from you today, um, that that gives me a little pause. And it, um, you know, I think that there's a, I still, <clears throat> yeah, without just launching into a whole other thing. I think we could have a. I think we could continue having a. a yeah, because if we a, think this is about one thing, it's not. No, there's a. I mean, there. I still am going to say, and I still hold to that there are manufactured narratives out there <laughs> and yeah. that there are manufactured narratives mm-hmm. to suit specific agendas, absolutely agendas specifically that have to do with maintaining power and wealth. Right. Um, and, but, but that's different from in the trenches that you were talking about. You were talking about and from the trenches perspective. Um, and, uh, and that's, Yeah. There's, um, there's a lot to, to consider in there. There's a lot to work through in there. I think the, um, I think what might shine in this whole conversation is that point that you made that it has to begin with you and it has to begin with me. I mean, it, it has, that's, it, it, it all has to begin there. And I think that's where it gets a bit overwhelming for me is that, um, I don't, if I'm just really honest, I don't fucking trust the average American Mm-mm. 
to make the decisions that they should make to love their neighbor more than they love themselves mm-hmm. um, as they love themselves rather than I, I, sh- I said that all wrong. I don't trust them to love their neighbors as much as they do themselves. No, I, I trust that really they either. will, that they, you know, the America is kind of built on a foundational principle of power. don't tread on me. <laughs> Built on power. Yeah. Don't touch my stuff, motherfucker. Um, and and by my stuff, I mean the stuff I took from you, you know, mm-hmm. even. I mean, yeah. it, it covers everything, right? Right. Um, and so I think there's, so I have a lot of, I have a lot of inner turmoil over all of that. But I, I know, when I say I know, I'm saying it from the sense of like, I have this, I have a knowing within myself. There's this resonating within myself that you are absolutely correct. And, and, and I've said the same thing before too, that, Mm -hmm. that it, it has to begin with me. If I want to see the world change, then I have to be a different kind of person in the world. Um, I, I just think there's this whole other conversation and honestly, I don't want to get into it right now. Um, that, uh, has to do with, uh, but then what, mm-hmm. you know, it starts with me, but if I go live in a, you know, cabin in the woods with no electricity and internet and mm-hmm. nobody around and love my neighbor as myself, I mean, so fucking what, right. it doesn't make it, it doesn't have any impact. So there's, right. there's another level to all this. And, and I think that's what my mind goes to all the time. Yeah. My mind is always on how do we affect change? Right. Um, how do we bring about uh, different kinds of thinking and in help people to start to love their neighbors as they mm-hmm. love themselves, as much as they love themselves. Right. Not less than. I think there, you know, I think the hope that can be found in the overwhelming, how do we get there question is it that there are some really great people and movements that are happening yeah. that are loving their neighbor as themselves and even loving them for those who can't love their neighbors or won't love their neighbors as themselves, that right. they're doing the right. extra work above and beyond to say, I am the noisy gong in the room and I am going to keep being loud until this sure. changes. And, um, and I think those, um, those need to, to be heard more, but they also need uh, more of us doing the everyday thing. Right. We can change culture by being a different culture. Right. We see it happen every time. You know, a new generation of people come in. We, we give them labels. Generation X to, you know, Generation Z to, I don't know what generation we're on now, but... Yeah. Um, that there is something, a characteristic or something that comes up with that. And, um, and I do think that there's some really beautiful things coming up in new generations and uh, new thinking, people who are willing to look at things differently than they've always been looked at. Um, so I'm, I'm not actually hopeless. I actually think that each one of us um, looking at ourselves um, produces the ability for us to think differently. There are people right now, social workers, therapists, 
um, mental health care workers who are waiting to be part of the solution in the defund police effort. They're waiting because they know they are the right people to be handling right. this. Right. So it's there. So we're just going to have to do the hard right. work to put it right. in motion. Well, I think this is a, um, this is very much a, I mean, it's, we, we didn't put a pin in anything and, no. and say that one's done. No. <laughs> um, I'm going to get messages about this one. You know, I, I, you know, fuck that. You know, this is we're having a conversation about. And we began a conversation today. God knows we're gonna have a lot more fucking conversation yeah. about this. This is a massive issue. My God, it's a massive fucking issue. Um, but I, uh, I, I enjoy the conversation we had today. I enjoy it because I think it was productive. I think it was, you know, you know, it, again, you, you challenged me on some things. And it's, and it's not, uh, and it wasn't challenging me to, uh, you know, to go back on my position. It was challenging me to say, make sure I don't get so set on another position that I forget the nuances that exist in everything, you know, Mm. um, because then you don't have a, you don't have a voice for anybody. Even if you're technically right, you know. You could be out there spouting off stuff that that doesn't take into consideration the nuance, and and then anybody that's on the other side of the issue is not going to listen to you for two seconds. And I, I there's a whole thing in there too with the with the the nuances and in considering those things and considering what other people how other people arrived at the positions they did, whether it's a faulty system or whether it's a real system or whether it's a mm-hmm. personal story or whether it's fear or whether it's just you know, whatever else it might be. Um, And being able to speak to that too, to be able to actually have conversations around this whole thing. Um, But I'm not trying to launch into another thing. I want to end on this. I want to end on this. Okay. That if our position to hold is to defend something we're holding on to, then we're not collaborative in rethinking. Agreed. Agreed. So that's where we have to be. Yeah. I. It has to be okay that maybe we don't have a solution yet. Maybe it hasn't been thought of yet. But if we think it already has, and then in order to be in this conversation, I have to have a solution to the problem, that's really fucked up too, Case. Yeah. We have to be willing to come to the table and say, maybe we don't know what the answer is, and we have to keep talking about this so that we can come up with a really good solution. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. So, uh, we didn't have anything to talk about today. <laughs> <laughs> but we had a good drink. So that's Yeah, something. I ended up really liking it by the end. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. Especially when I got to the cherries, because I love cherries. Woohoo! <laughs> well, good job, Nate. You won her over. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I, like I said, I, these conversations are good for us. That's why we started this thing. These conversations are good for us. Um, if other people enjoy them too, then awesome, you know. Um, but uh, this was a good conversation. Thank you. You always challenge me, and I, I love it. I love it. You always challenge me. Um, you're supposed to say it back now. Can you give me something to work things out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right on. No, I know. We keep each other thinking. We do. All right. 
Well, let's call it for this show then. Okay. How about that? Okay. All right. We'll see you.